Do you want to learn how to make your own beer? It's time for Just Brew It, brought to you by Niagara Tradition Homebrew. Here's your host, Jeremy White and Bert Deister. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to Niagara Tradition's Just Brew It on ESPN 1520. Today's the day for the Dude Hates Cancer yeah. resurgence. We'll get to that in a moment. But um, how are you? Uh, Jer- sorry, Jeremy White, Bert Deister. What's up? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Staying- Got a... Staying cool. We thought we were going to fall there, and then it got hot again. It got hot again. Really So it hot. kind of screwed up my beer plans. I, yeah? I, I kicked every single keg on the same night, all three taps, dead. Of course, before I realized this, I started a lager in the fermentation chamber. Now it's really warm, so I'm just sitting there staring at the weather report, staring at my lager. Something's got to give. i got to yeah. get more beer on the way. Yeah. But we do have the Cryohop IPA on tap at work, as well as the Crunch Berries White Ale. So Which is green? Want... Is it still green? No, it's not green anymore. It changed color. In the secondary, as soon as a lot of these solids dropped, it also lost that green color and kind of looks a little more like a normal white ale now. Gotcha. And is it tasty? We haven't tried it yet. Oh, okay. So usually this kind of stuff gets done on Friday night, and we end up you know, racking it. So Saturday afternoon, the end of the nice long day, we usually go to the kegerator and has try the, the new beers. Cryo hop been tasted yet? The cryo hop has been tasted. So and we tapped that last Friday and you know served it on Saturday. Uh, really juicy. A lot of people are really happy with the results. Um, we did a big, you know, eight and a half percent IPA. Um, a little bit of regrets there. We already want to try a new beer um, with it. So come in, drink the IPA. We can't drink all of that ourselves. Um, give it a try and pick up some cryo hops while you're in. Yeah. All right. So try the two beers. And uh, while you're also in, last week we talked about harvesting hops. Um, home hop growers, if you're starting to see flowers, what to do. So if you want to get uh, information on that, you can find any episode on demand at WGR's website or at ESPN 1520's website. You got it. And I also checked mine before I came in today. They're starting to see some nice development. So if you have hops out there and they're established, chances are you already have some hops that you can harvest. Gotcha. All right. So something to keep in mind if you want to listen to the whole show that is on demand. Uh, Memorial Day is on the way. You guys are closed on Memorial Day, so that's a Sunday, Monday that you will be closed. Yep, so we got a long weekend there. So if you are planning to brew on the long or weekend, lab- make Labor you- Day. Sorry, not Memorial Day. My bad. Yeah. Labor Day. It's the end of summer, right? Yeah. That's the, that's right. Labor Day. <laughs> I'm checking my calendar Labor right Day before now. football season. Memorial Day is in it's May. It's not the holiday. Yeah, Memorial Day, everybody's excited about Labor Day. Not really. It's I'm excited the end about of Labor summer. Day. You are? Okay. It's the start of football season. That's so, true. You know, at least it's getting closer. All right, so closed on Labor Day. Uh, so keep that in mind as you're scheduling, you know, to pick up your supplies, whether it's uh, draft kits, uh, pump taps, picnic taps, you know, football season. We I know you guys talk a lot about bringing your beer out to tailgates. You can't bring them into the Bills lots, but you can bring them into private lots and stuff like that. So uh, We always talk about if you have a kegging system, you can always just fill some pop bottles. Mm-hmm. And that makes it really easy to throw them in the recycling bin before you go home, grab some new ones before the next weekend. Um, but if you are having people over at your house, we would highly suggest a draft system. Um, we'll kind of get into this, the kind of hazards of having a lot of different you know, beer bottles, especially the ones that only have about an inch or two of beer in it laying around your house on monday morning of course nobody wants to clean that stuff up on monday morning before work so come in get a draft system you'll have one glass for every guest you throw them in the dishwasher at the end of the night and you're done and today marks the start of the uh the day of the dude hates cancer a resurgence brewing uh which is a cool event for them i 
I was talking about this with my wife. I've never been to this event. I, she has been. She raved about it. Said it was a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm going to go. We might want to check to make sure there's tickets available. I think. I didn't check before I came in. I should have called uh, over there last night and found out if they have any tickets. So if you I'm going to call in a connection. Do, yeah. I, might, I might know somebody to let me in the door. There you go. I'm going to try. But, all right. Call and see if they've got tickets. Uh, it's today at noon at Resurgence. $25 donation to benefit leukemia research. And uh, the website is buffalo.thedudehatescancer.com. You are not only going to be drinking beer, you become a beer judge for you a day. got it. So your vote is going to cast into the winner, and then you'll see that beer brewed there later. Yeah, you don't have to think about style guidelines. You just get to go and say, "Did you? Enter, you should enter the Crunchberry beer. It would have been a perfect thing to enter. It would have been the right kind of beer for this kind of competition. Yeah. Uh, I feel like since we talked about it, though, there was maybe you know a little bit of unfair play there. Mm-hmm. So if I felt like if I was going to enter, I would have to have brewed another right. beer. Next That's year. where the Fruit Loops Amber Ale would have come in. Did you end up making that, or are you still thinking about that? I'm still thinking about it. Yeah. I'm still looking at the Fruit Loops. Haven't opened them up. Haven't crushed a grain yet, though, either, so. Is, uh, has the Crunchberry Ale moved you closer to the Fruit Loops? It has, and it hasn't, because while the Crunchberry Ale went really well, I was uh, surprised at how well the mash went, and I didn't get a stuck sparge. It also kind of tied up my equipment, so now that I'm sitting on three dead taps, I, I feel like I need to get three regular beers on tap before i start uh brewing the exotic again all right well if you want to try beers like that uh again buffalo.thedudehatescancer.com for information on tickets that's today so if you're wide open today uh, you could maybe head down to resurgence and uh, donate money for leukemia research also before we get to the, the topic of the day which i'm thrilled about by the way so there's your little tease for that uh you guys are full service winemaking shop we're getting into winemaking season as well yep. uh, and anything anybody needs Stop by and stop in. Yep, we have it from barrels to, you know, one-gallon fermenters, uh, from fruit presses somewhere at 55 gallons to one, all the way down at 0.4 liters. We have everything you need for winemaking. So if you're getting uh, into that this fall, if you just have way too much home harvest of home fruits and you're looking for something to do with it, make it into wine and come down and talk to us and we can kind of teach you how. All right. So today's topic, we can do most of the show on this, right? We can. Oh, yeah, much, I think so. There's plenty. We can just rant for a good, like, <laughs> 10 minutes at the end if we need to. Fruit flies. Yeah, so Drophilio melagascar. They... I would call them, well, I want to say some words that I can't really say on the air. Um, they're miserable. They're Yo, tough to yes. They're and tough to get rid of. Well, they're, isn't their life cycle like a day? No, no, no. That's a big and, myth? And, that's a big myth. And they're... Uh, uh, about this time of year, as it gets really hot, these things start to pop up everywhere. And if you have, you know, food or beverage-related harbies, if you're a gardener, if you're a winemaker, if you do canning, if you're making scoby, these guys are around, and they're a big pain in the butt. Um, we tend to associate them with ripened fruit. So if you think, oh, I have, like, you know, a, a big, you know, a basket of tomatoes or apples in the corner, that's where they're going to come from. But they only need a little bit of standing water and some organic material, preferably sugary, and then you all of a sudden have a culture. So they don't really need much. Um, One of the reasons why we see them this year is, again, you see higher humidity. You're seeing um, 
you know, higher temperatures. And they've also had all summer to kind of work their numbers up. So all of a sudden the food sources are exploding, the temperatures are all hitting right, and you start to see lots more of them. Now, you were talking about how they, you always say, oh, don't they only live a day? Well, that's if what's... I can, if I, if, and, and I think a lot of people give up because after two or three days of trying to get rid of them, they're not gone. They're saying, oh, there's nothing I can do about this and give up. Yeah, well, I, I, the reason I say that is because I think part of the frustration is you kill like five or six and you think, you hear the thing that they live a day. You figure like, oh, I just must have eradicated, you know, half of them. Mm-hmm. And the next day, they're all back. And you, you just wonder like, you have to keep on it because if you don't keep on it, they will return in force. Yeah, no, and if um, and they'll spoil your projects. Fruit flies carry a lot of different microbes, including like Acetobacter, is the one that a lot of people worry about, especially winemakers, because they'll turn your wine to vinegar. Uh, with finished wine, you're not really going to get Britannomyces or Lactobacillus growing in numbers, um, but you will get Acetobacter um, over time, especially if you're planning to age your wine for a long time. Um, and you got to ask, well, these are things people put them into beer. It's okay, isn't it? Where are they getting them from? They're mm. getting them from those kind of gross, dirty, damp places. <laughs> yeah, your trash can, um, the you know the the leak in the the kitchen sink. They're coming from those kind of places, and you know that's the bacteria that they're bringing into your beer. So you yeah. you really don't want them. I mean, first you'll kind of notice them in your airlocks, and every time you run the kitchen faucet, a couple will fly out of the sink, and then the next thing you know, you go to pour yourself a beer after a hard day's work, and then all of a sudden there's three or four floating around and it came from the the faucet on your kegerator so um you definitely want to deal with these before they become a problem and i kind of realized last night that they've become a problem at home because when i'm trying to rack my beer i'm sitting there kind of trying to do air karate to defend my keg and my car buoy against all these fruit flies as i'm racking yeah i think i have this whatever i could rant about insects all the time i feel like Fruit flies have gone the way of bees, and by that I mean bees used to be all about flowers, and now bees are in the trash all the time. I feel like when I was a kid, I don't remember bees being trash bees, but every trash can, every, and, and fruit flies are this way too. Fruit flies used to be, I, I would worry about them being on a uh, bunch of bananas. Now, they're just in my trash. Yeah. So they like when you say they'll go after anything, molds or any moist environment, Like I am seeing that, and... The time of year is very specific because we just moved into our house. We bought our house last year in August. And at the beginning, we had a very big fruit fruit fly problem. And sure enough, gone until like two weeks ago, August. Again, Mm -hmm. they're back. I don't know where they go for 11 months, but this is definitely the time. Well, here, let's talk about that, too, because you're talking about, oh, you know, a lot of people say, oh, don't they live live for a day? Um, It's kind of interesting. And I did a little bit of research online, and there's obviously a lot of research out on fruit flies, not only on their genome mapping, um, but the other thing that's very interesting is their gestation and their metabolism is, just like yeast, greatly affected by ambient temperature. So uh, from egg to adult only takes about seven days at 82 degrees. Um at 54 degrees, so say in the winter, you know, your basement temperature, um, you know, your, what your wash basin sink or your pipes are going to sit at, it takes over 50 days, but they can do it to grow from mm. egg to adult. Um, right now, the ideal temperature uh, is about what we're getting, 77 degrees. It's about the ideal temperature, so it actually brings it down a little bit from that seven days from egg to adult. Um, so as summer has 
dragged on, we have higher humidity. Um, it makes for faster reproduction, faster development, and therefore more flies. And so right now they're on top of us. And anybody who, again, who's got like a home food-based hobby, um, you're seeing them in numbers. Or you might just be seeing them out of the trash can too. Yeah. So this is something I think a show for more than just home brewers. Right, right. So they show up in random beer bottles. Yeah. They're going to be... So I guess that you'd see them less in your basement because your basement's cooler. So that you're talking about the gestation period. So storing things in your basement's a, a little bit of a way to keep them away from them, but it's not going to be foolproof. Yeah, and you talk about the random, you know, beer bottles, and it is uh, home brewers and craft beer lovers. I think this is a little more understandable because you know every bottle we drink is just about you know. Uh, bottle condition so you end up with a little bit of sediment at the bottom that you're not drinking so every beer that you drink every beer you bring out of the kitchen and into the living room to you know sit down in front of the tv with you know every one you take down into the basement to accompany you on a project can become this kind of um you know forgotten landmine that if it's found by a fruit fly can turn into 400 fruit flies you know what i mean within mm-hmm. seven to ten days um so if you're a home brewer you know, you definitely want to try to cut back on these. They also come from our fresh fruit and vegetables, which we, you know, pretty well know well and understand. But they also can come from a couple other places. Uh, if you have a spill um, that stays humid and you have the right kind of, you know, humidity in the room, if you spill a little soda pop, some of it gets underneath the fridge. Say there's a little bit of condensation coming from the fridge dripping down. That's going to be enough to grow some fruit flies. Um, but the biggest and what, what I've always found, and if you actually start searching online as far as extermination websites, the first place they always tell you to look is your drains, especially in the kitchen sink. Um, you have constant standing water, you have high humidity, you have all the food and you know drinks that you pour down the drain, and your pipes underneath the sink don't fill out. So when you say, oh, flush it through with a lot of hot water, the pipe underneath isn't fully um filling with water so you're not really flushing out all of the fruit flies um and that to me is always one of big the biggest place for me as far as growing fruit flies in the house um that's sometimes their zone is so, in the pipes oh yeah in the pipes hmm. they at this time of year kind of own my kitchen sink i think they yeah and i guess you would think like ah i got them they're dead now but they're just gonna come right back up you got it. All right. We'll get a break in. Um, get a couple other ways to fix it, to fix the problem. I've actually had some success with the device that I bought that I can tell you about. Um, there's a lot of different ways to do it, and it, it takes time. So we'll get to that on the other side. It's uh, Jeremy White, Bert Deister here on Niagara Traditions Just Brew It, tackling fruit flies today. Jeremy White here for Niagara Tradition Home Brewing Supplies. You're listening to Just Brew It, which means... Either you homebrew or you're thinking about it. Wherever you are in the process, Niagara Tradition Homebrew is your source for everything homebrewing. Do what I did. Get a starter kit, and you'll be well on your way. Niagara Tradition will be there to answer your questions, give you advice, and as I try to become a more seasoned brewer, I know I can count on Niagara Tradition to be there with the supplies and the advice I need. Niagara Tradition Homebrewing Supply, 1296 Sheridan Drive, near Military, in Tonawanda. Open Monday through Friday, 11 to 7, Saturdays, 10 to 4, and 24-7 at nthomebrew.com. Niagara Tradition Homebrew. Pay them a visit, and remember to just brew it. Back here on Niagara Tradition's 
Just Brew It on ESPN 1520. Jeremy White and Bert Deister. Uh, as we help you tackle your fruit fly problem that you might have. So if you're a home brewer, you might have a problem. If you're not and you just kind of found this uh, show on the radio, good luck. Good. Good good for you. You, you struck gold because we're going to tell you how to get rid of flu- fruit flies because it is their time of year and uh, maybe they're you know taking over your kitchen. So, all right. So I'm interested to hear about this miracle gadget. Right. You have. I'm. I'm. I'm very interested already. Right, I'm sitting so. over here intrigued. I didn't ask anything during the break because, you okay. know, I obviously have my you know kind of line of defense that I keep around my standard so, arsenal. I went online last year and tried to figure out how to beat fruit flies, and I bought a fruit fly trap. It is a plastic. It about the size of a wiffle ball. Okay. And it's a top and a bottom, and it unscrews. I'm going to do a lot of comparisons here, like like you would like an Easter egg, like a plastic egg. The bottom is white and holds whatever you want to put in there. You can put pieces of apple in there. And then the, you put the top on and screw the top on. And at the top of it, it's got like an indented cone. So kind they, of like a, like a minnow trap or like a, maybe. a lobster trap or something yeah. like that. So easy yeah. shape for them to get in they, but Exactly. Not out. They go in through the, the hole on the, on the cone, and then they can't get out because around the outside there's these little slats that they can't fit through. So the smell of it comes out, and they're not smart enough very often to figure out that the way out isn't at the top. Thank God, because if these guys had right. some, they if they were clever, the we'd, yeah, we'd be. So it works pretty well. Um, what you do is you wait for them to go in there, and then if you need to, there's a hole on the side. You hold it in the sink, and then you fill it with water and drown them, and then dump it. But what I found, and one thing that the, the, the trap suggested using was apple cider vinegar. So you put apple cider vinegar in this trap. And it actually gets into the uh, kind of, we'll say, uh, symbiotic relationship between the acetobacter and the fruit flies. So as the fruit flies carry over the acetobacter, breaking down the food source, creating some other sugars for them, but it also creates acetyl acid, which is very strong smelling. Um, And so the fruit flies are attracted to the acetyl acid because they figure there's already fruit flies there. They're already utilizing this food source there's still some left for me and so that that's a kind of interesting thing too so yes it's stuff that's already beginning to turn will attract more fruit flies so i it's better you can put pieces of apple in there and they'll fly to it and be trapped inside and then it's on you to make sure you kill them instead of just like opening the trap but the apple cider vinegar they fly in and then they land in it and then they just die they drown in it so by the end of it i've got you know i'll leave the trap out for a day or two and It'll fill up with 15 that are just in there, and then I flush it, and it's mm-hmm. it's done. Now, the interesting thing is, like, I, I've wondered, because last year it was very effective. And this year, I don't know if it's not clean enough. I'll find them a lot of times on the outside of the trap, not going in. They like, smartened up. Well, if you give them enough time, they go in. Okay. I've, I've even resorted to putting this thing in the trash can to try and get the ones that are in the trash can. So, like, it's been a battle. I, I you know... Are they not going in because I've got residue on the top and they're just satisfied they're, there? Yeah. So I've been trying to clean it a lot. Um, but, you know, it's a fruit fly trap on Amazon. It might have been like $10, and it's been very effective for me so far. This kind of reminds me of a lot of the uh, the homemade traps that you find online that I admit I've made over the course of the years and really haven't worked too well. I think the classic one is you take a jar, you put in um, – apple cider vinegar again you put saran wrap over the top and you poke a couple holes in it the idea is that they can squeeze into those holes and get in but hopefully not work themselves out um 
I have found mixed results with them. Yeah. I feel like one, there's, I have to check on it every couple of days. If stuff goes wrong, I feel like I could be breeding them. So I could be giving them a nice, happy home. Um, but I've kind of had mixed results with those. Uh, I kind of rely on fly strips a lot. Uh, those work great in the brewery, partially because there's nobody there to criticize how they look uh, visually. I can't get away with that up in the kitchen or, you know, in, in the uh, kind of around the house plants or uh, in the pantry or something like that. The fly strips are not too cosmetically appealing, but right. they will cut down on the ones flying around. They're scented. Um, they'll draw the flies in. They'll get stuck to it. Um, so they'll really reduce the numbers. If you can hide one somewhere, I highly suggest it. The closer you can get to where they are, um, the better. Um but the big thing with fruit flies is you have to remove the food sources. You have to kind of eliminate those places where they can linger, where they can hide. Because they can hide there for, as we've seen, 50 days, you know, we talked about earlier. So you need to eliminate them. First thing is you need to hunt down any of those rogue beer bottles. If you've had people over in the weekend, if you, you know, they went down to the basement, if you were, you know, out in the sun porch, find those rogue beer bottles, you know, those little bits of beer in the bottom of a bottle that takes a couple of weeks to finally dry up is again it's going to be an oasis for them mm -hmm. um and you're all of a sudden going to see them pop up in a room um try to hunt down those beer bottles uh as soon as you're done drinking a beer try to rinse it out uh as soon as you can and if you can you know put it in a rack you know fast rack bottle tree back into the case or the six pack and turn it upside down to try to let the water drain because if there's any residual sugar in there that way you've taken away most of the sugar all of the water and hopefully all of the fruit flies um seal up any um produce if you have you know tomatoes that you're keeping out uh put them into a clear uh, trash bag and twist tie them off or put them into Tupperware if you, you have like you know zucchini and stuff like that from the garden prevent the fruit flies from actually getting at the food sources and it will actually cause the food sources to keep a lot longer so if you have you know fruit out on the counter by keeping it sealed keeping the fruit flies off of it they won't break the skin of the fruit they won't infect it with acetobacter and it will stay longer better you could also put it in the fridge as a pretty easy yeah. option one question for you. Part of my problem, I think, is there. Uh, how important is it to close off access to the outside, right? Because they have to fly in. One of them, to start a colony, has to fly into your house, mm -hmm. right? Um, but one of them turns into 400. Right, exactly. And so I think it's kind of impossible to keep to any keep them of out. them from getting into your house. And that's where, again, eliminating the food sources, um, uh, making sure if they get into your house. Once they're an adult, they do not live very long. Um, so if you can... You know, if they come into the house and they don't find a food source, they're going to die or they're going to try to get out. Um, and that will kind of prevent the problem from forming. Um, the, obviously, they're all over outside. I, I have a pretty good garden and, you know, they're kind of crazy out there. So I'm also seeing a lot of spiders. So I've lost my kitchen sink to fruit flies. I've lost my back porch to spiders. Um, it's getting to that part of the summer. I guess I'm starting to look forward a little bit to fall. Another now, reason falls Another so reason great. Another reason so good. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I try to keep, you know, a good seal on all my windows. Um, that definitely kind of slows things down. But, again, you got to eliminate the food sources. Now, the drains we talked about, this is going to be the hardest part. And this is where they mostly come from. Um, my 
general idea is to pour some bleach in and then plug up the drains really quick. Um, if you just pour the bleach in, it tends to evaporate uh, really quick. And so you, you haven't really trapped enough chlorine in there to kill the fruit flies or to begin breaking down uh, and, you know, uh, ruining the encapsulation on their eggs. Um, you got to trap it in there. So I run some hot water, I pour a little bit of bleach down both the drains, and then I plug the drains to trap it in. Um, there's a lot of products that you can buy that you can spray down your drains or something like that. Um, it's just a little bit old-fashioned and to feel a little more comfortable taking a little bit of, you know, household chlorine and putting it down there over some sort of insecticide or something like that. But a little bit of bleach will do the trick. But the big thing is also, you know, when you're done, you know, say cleaning bottles or uh, doing dishes, <clears throat> let the water run for a little bit longer to let it flush any bits of food debris out. Um, and also when you're done and you're not using the sink, go ahead and put the plugs in there. Um, as long as you don't have anything empty, as long as we're not talking about like a basement sink where your you know, laundry empties out into, mm -hmm. you can plug up the sink uh, and hopefully that prevents them from flying out and finding new places to hide. There's such a there's such a pain. Yeah, <laughs> and like I said, if, if you have any of these home based hobbies, they they go from a, a nuisance wine bottles, to a problem. They're, they're all over wine bottles. Yeah. Because not only are you worried about like one, if I have guests over, um, I have all these fruit flies flying around, or just myself, I don't want to be, you know, uh, swatting them away at dinner. Um, but they also ruin your projects. So you, you definitely want to make an effort to try to keep them away from your fermenters. And this means checking up on all your airlocks to make sure that there's water in all your airlocks. When you see fruit flies in your airlocks, it's not a sign of failure. It's a sign that the airlocked works. That's what it was there for, to prevent organisms that can live in air but not water from going in and all the way over. And, and vice versa, you also have another air gap there. So it hopefully prevents organisms that can live in water but not air that have been carried from the fruit flies from getting into the fermenter so if you see an airlock with two or three fruit flies in there it's done its job it doesn't mean that the whole batch is infected and just because you find one fruit fly say in a car buoy or something like that that also deal. doesn't mean it's infected you have to look at it, and i know we talk about this a lot that while we say that we um we don't really have uh We'll say a pure, and, and I'm kind of because you're going to find people who will argue this. No, my beer is done completely closed system. There's only one microbe in there, just the yeast. Um, but I think for probably 99% of brewers, there's a lot of other microbes in there. But their numbers are so small. And the, because, again, like with the bacteria, it takes so long for it to metabolize. We don't see the effects of our beer souring or anything like that until um, months and months down the road. So if you had a big barley wine and you noticed a fruit fly got into it, something high alcohol, I wouldn't be too worried. If it was a lower alcohol beer and you saw a couple of them, I wouldn't advise that you dump it. I would just advise that you drink it fast, Yeah, which should be good inspiration. All right. Fruit flies, be on the lookout. Yeah. We just told everybody how to beat you. And if you're starting to see a couple of them, get on it now. If you let this build, it's only going to get worse. Until mid-September, and then it's over? Well, they're still there. I yeah, mean, I have yeah. to admit, I see them every once in a while in my house, even in the winter. I mean, you know, I, mean I have a lot of plot projects. I have a lot of house plants, some that require a lot of water. I know that that, especially after reading online, that they don't just eat sugar. They don't just eat starches. They can also consume some molds and funguses and some bacterial slimes. 
you know, I have a fish tank, I have house plants. Um, so I just don't see as many of them in the uh, winter. Yeah. Well, good luck out there. Good luck with your fruit flies. And uh, you know, if you got some some free time today, try and stop by the dude hates cancer. If there are tickets, you know, maybe we'll see you there. Maybe you just you know show up and say, "What if I donate money anyway?" Yeah. You never know. That's today. The dude hates cancer at uh, Resurgence Brewing. The website is buffalo. The for that. And we will be back next week here on Niagara Traditions. Just brew it. Beer, 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 beer. You've been listening to Just Brew It, brought to you by Niagara Tradition Home Brew. Whether you're a seasoned brewer or just want to get started, visit them at 1296 Sheridan Drive in Tonawanda or online at nthomebrew.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Just Brew It.